Hi, and welcome back to the Why Mayo podcast. This is Janine Steen, your host, hoping to answer your questions about the who, what, where, when, why, and how when it comes to myofunctional therapy. Many people often wonder what a myofunctional therapy evaluation entails and how does it differ from that, um, an evaluation that you may receive in an academic setting or um, at your dental provider or at your orthodontist um, and whether or not it is really just an assessment um, or a visualization of a thrust being present or um, being able to hear that a patient has perhaps an articulation disorder that could potentially be due to a tongue thrust. All individuals that come in for a myofunctional therapy evaluation, we do not put them in a myofunctional therapy evaluation because we 100% we 100 anticipate that they're going to need myofunctional therapy, but we actually do the opposite. Um, we use our evaluation to differentially diagnose whether this patient is an individual that has more of an oral motor weakness or maybe just a developmental articulation disorder or perhaps just a traditional articulation disorder um, and or do they have a motor planning or feeding difficulty that is not going to be um, strictly associated with myofunctional therapy or a tongue thrust. Um, and finally, if this patient actually has a true swallowing disorder um, and if further assessment regarding their swallow um, in a more objective manner outside of the center or even within our center um, to assess whether it be through a modified barium swallow, which we cannot do at our center, um, or a fees evaluation, which we can do at our center. So for every patient that comes in for a specific myofunctional therapy evaluation, um, of course, the very first thing we do is take a very detailed history. Um, As I spoke about on my last podcast, um, we're talking about their birth history, their developmental history, their medical history, um, dental history, um, as well as even their feeding history. Um, We're also um, speaking with the patient and their family about some of the difficulties that they present with. And sometimes it's not all related to a tongue thrust or not all related to myofunctional therapy. Um, And therefore, our assessment needs to include um, a voice eval or a fluency eval or even an auditory processing evaluation. So during a myofunctional therapy evaluation, specifically in one of our centers, um, we are assessing their oral peripheral, we're doing an oral peripheral examination. Um, We're looking to see or doing an informal assessment of their airway, um, assessing if the tonsils are enlarged, um, are they able to breathe clearly through their nares, do they present with symptoms associated with enlarged adenoids or perhaps sleep apnea, Um, We're doing a motor planning assessment to make sure that um, the act of swallowing and speaking are both motor planning acts or motor planning tasks. So if a patient has an oral 
motor planning disorder that affects either their oral motor abilities or to execute oral motor movements on command or to imitate um, and have more of a verbal, what we call a verbal apraxia or a motor planning association or motor planning difficulty that affects their ability to articulate because an individual that has those difficulties is not going to be able to handle a myofunctional therapy program right off the bat. Um, because we need to work through their difficulties and their work on their abilities um, and the motor plan for them to follow certain um, activities on command or certain motor movements on command as both speaking and swallowing are both motor plans that we are um, trying to change or trying to improve. So if a person cannot do it on command, then spending 30 minutes at a time or 20 minutes at a time in a therapy room telling them to execute certain tasks, um, they're not going to be able to do it because they have this motor planning deficit. In addition to that, um, of course, we are doing an assessment of their tethered oral tissues, um, which would include both lingual and labial frenum, um, and is trying to determine or assessing how um, any type of restriction in both the lingual and or labial frenum um, and how it is impacting or influencing um, whether it be a tongue thrust or the difficulties that they are having with articulation or um, that motor plan as I was just discussing. Um, in addition to that, we assess the overall jaw stability. Um, we're looking to see if the patient is able to um, open and close their mouth without jaw excursion, without jaw sliding. Um, we're also looking to see if the patient is able to grade their jaw on command. Can they open and close their mouth with a slow, steady movement um, as we need to do with both chewing and articulation? Um, if jaw stability and jaw excursion or restriction um, is evident, Oftentimes we need to work on that before we can even start a myofunctional therapy program. Again, how can we work on chewing if the foundation skills of jaw strength and uh, jaw grading are not present? When we are assessing that, we're also looking and feeling for and listening for any symptoms associated with temporomandibular joint disorder. Is there clicking? Is there popping in the temporomandibular joint? Um, do we feel any of the symptoms that the patient is presenting with um, need to be addressed first with a temporomandibular joint specialist prior to myofunctional therapy? Um, and is there something we should be doing in conjunction with those specialists or um, as they're working on improving the um, anatomy and what they are doing to, or the deficits or the um, difficulties that they are feeling or associating with opening and closing their mouth? Um, is it associated with a temporomandibular joint disorder? Um, and does that need to be addressed? Um, and does a steady plan or a steady um, treatment plan or course of action need to be put into place in conjunction with or prior to a myofunctional therapy regimen? Um, we are also then assessing their masseter strength 
um, their ability to engage their masseters upon occlusion or upon biting, um, and then their ability to engage those masseters and those masseters to be utilized when swallowing. So um, we're looking to see when they swallow, are they using the masseters? Do you feel the masseters? Do they have any, they have any strength in those um, masseter muscles? Um, and we often see that goes hand in hand with those individuals that have TMJ or a lot of jaw instability or jaw excursion. If a patient does not have masseter strength or um, ability to utilize their masseters while swallowing. Um, now we're also assessing, is it associated with their bite? Is it associated with a malocclusion? Is it associated with um, a motor planning issue? And trying to determine um, what is the actual cause for those masseter muscles to not be uh, be palpable upon um, biting or um, felt upon swallowing. Of course, we are assessing oral motor strength and agility. Um, and again, that is assessing the strength and range of motion of the lingual and labial muscles um, while not just um, sitting at rest and observation when they're chewing, when they're swallowing, and then of course, by asking them to do certain things on command. Um, it's not so much about seeing a weakness or a deficit or an asymmetry. Um, it's also about seeing if our patients are able to dissociate. Are they able to dissociate their tongue from their jaw? Are they able to dissociate their tongue from their lips? Um, does every time they elevate their tongue, do they have to close their mouth and, and um, jut their jaw, jaw, lower jaw forward? Um, all of those things we are assessing and are leading us to either, yes, there's this definitely appears to be a tongue thrust and requires myofunctional therapy or um, perhaps additional assessments or additional work with a speech pathologist or another medical or rehab professional um, is going to be required in addition to or in conjunction with the therapy we are providing. Um, we are also assessing overall dietary repertoire. Um, are these patients eating a variety of textures and consistencies? Um, are they eating a variety of food types and um, temperatures? Um, and when we are um, asking and questioning and assessing this, we're also looking to see if there's a pattern. Do we see that they're avoiding certain textures and consistencies? They tend to go towards um, certain textures and consistencies. And how truly limited is their dietary repertoire? Um, is their dietary repertoire so limited that they are not benefiting um, nutritionally, especially for a growing child? Um, are they getting um, a variety of foods from, and their fruits, their vegetables? Are they mainly kids that rely solely on carbohydrates? Um, and how diverse that repertoire is. Do they have proteins and fruits and vegetables? Um, and sometimes, depending on how restricted or how significant um, their dietary repertoire is limited, sometimes our very first goal is to work on building their dietary repertoire because obviously health and nutrition, growth and development are 
first and foremost above anything else and expanding their repertoire um, while expanding their repertoire I should say we would be working on some of the skills that are embedded in a myofunctional therapy program so it's not that they're going off on a path that's completely separate and apart but first prioritizing what the need is and what is going to be most impactful when it comes to um, the individual in front of us overall growth and development. Um, when after we determine how limited or how within normal limits their dietary repertoire is, um, then we actually introduce foods to them in our evaluation and assess their overall bite size, their um, chewing pattern, are they using a rotary chew, are they lateralizing, are they munching, um, do you hear this big slapping sound when they're manipulating food within their oral cavity um, that almost sounds like the tongue is slapping the top of the mouth um, is their mouth open when they chew um, what does it take for them to swallow how fast are they eating are they quick eaters slow eaters um, when they are chewing and swallowing are they using compensatory strategies do we see them tucking their chin raising their shoulders tensing their neck um, do you see their face squish up do they ask for a drink after each chew, uh, each food they chew and swallow? Um, in addition to that, once we assess their bite size, now we're looking at the overall consistency of the bolus. Well, first, can they make a bolus? And then if they cannot make a bolus, um, what does the food look like in their mouth? Do they chew it into oblivion so it looks like a saliva-filled mess or do they barely chew at all and just um, swallow pretty much particles of food whole? Um, and do they require, can they clear what they consider or what they use as a bolus in one swallow? Or does it require multiple swallows? Or are they using a drink to wash it down? Um, once we are able to determine their, if they're taking appropriate bite size and if they can create a bolus, well now we're assessing bolus consistency. Um, as I said, is it you know too moist or too dry? Um, and then beyond that, now we're watching them swallow and determine if they are thrusting when they swallow. So before I even mention the word tongue thrust and the assessment of the tongue thrust, we're watching and evaluating all of these other symptoms and all of these other criteria because working on a tongue thrust through myofunctional therapy is ultimately one of the last steps if we, the patient does not have all of these other foundation skills or if there's other areas that are being more significantly impacted or significantly affected by the deficits um, that either coexist or that are causing that tongue thrust. Um, the next thing we do is we assess overall labial strength and resistance. Um, we actually use a tool to measure that. Um, and each time um, a patient reaches a milestone in their program, we reassess that strength and resistance um, to see that it is improving. Um, our goal is um, for that to improve over time because those lips are natural braces or retainers for the teeth. So we want those lips to be strong. Um, and leading me to my next point is we're looking at posture. 
what is their labial posture um, when they're sitting at rest what can we identify what their lingual posture is at rest and if we can't if it's not observable can we identify it by looking within the oral cavity and seeing that their tongue sits low and forward instead of up um, tilted up and opening that airway do they sit with their mouth open does their tongue hang forward um, we're also assessing um, if they are able to manage their saliva. Do they drool a lot? Um, do we hear them pooling saliva? Um, do we hear that, that saliva buildup, especially when they're articulating? Um, a lot of orthodontists and dentalists will tell us, um, will report to us that many of our patients, their patients that they see that have tongue thrusts have a difficult time managing their saliva and they drool excessively um, when work is being done in the mouth. Um, and that is very common, especially if the tongue tip is being restricted or being held down or back out of the way while the dental work is being completed because our patients that have tongue thrust or tongue thrust patients are unable to swallow using just the base of their tongue. So if the tongue tip is unable to be engaged, they are unable to manage their saliva. In addition, they may be someone that when speaking, um, they'll often spit when they speak because if their tongue tip is engaged in speaking, they're not able to manage that saliva and swallow using the base of their tongue while their tongue tip is otherwise engaged. And then the very last thing we do is an articulation assessment. And our articulation assessment is not just designed to identify sounds in error or distortions, but it's also designed to make sure that placement of their tongue is correct when they're producing sounds. If they are thrusting sounds um, or thrusting certain sounds forward or between their teeth, that will have just as much of an impact on their occlusion as they would a traditional articulation disorder such as a lisp. So all of these areas are the areas that we are assessing as part of our myofunctional therapy evaluation. It can take us anywhere from an hour and an hour and a half to do a myofunctional therapy evaluation, um, which at the end, not only are we making recommendations and a treatment plan moving forward um, and a plan of action, but then we're also making our referrals to outside specialists or other medical or dental or rehab providers that can support us in making sure that not only this patient is going to be primed and ready, um, but that we have the space, the room, and the overall foundation skills to recommend and begin a myofunctional therapy program. I will 100% tell you that there are times we identify a tongue thrust. However, there are other areas that we need to address first, or we need to put them through something called a, we use as a pre-myo program, where we work on more of the symptoms as we target some of those foundation skills that we need to address first before we can put them through the rigors of a myofunctional therapy program. Um, there are times post myofunctional therapy evaluation that we determine this patient is not 
a traditional tongue thruster um, that needs myofunctional therapy, but instead more of an articulation oral motor approach to therapy, or maybe a motor planning approach um, or a treatment of our motor planning disorder first before we can address anything else, or perhaps that is all that is necessary that they do present with either a verbal or oral apraxia, which is causing some of the symptoms that could appear as a tongue thrust. I hope I was able to give you some insight and answer some of your questions regarding myofunctional therapy. Please stay tuned and listen to our Myo Minute and tune in to our Talk the Talk interviews with the many different medical, dental, and rehab professionals as they elaborate or answer your questions and address your concerns directly, especially when it's related to speech language pathology and myofunctional therapy.